Hey everyone, we're back. Cause we're the prodigals. The prodigals. 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 Welcome to the Prodigals Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith that culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies. And that is why we are here for you. My name is Mark, and I'm joined by Alan and Billy. Hi, guys. Hello. So this week, we'll be doing something new. Well, kind of new. It's called the question of the week, this new segment. In this segment, we answer a single question that might come from our listeners or if one of us from the prodigals want to ask a question for our fellow hosts we will so this will be a once a month thing uh, we hope that you enjoy da, 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 da. question of the week why do people oh by the way this comes from my good friend Wendell Wendell Clark, he's in South Korea right now. We met in the Philippines, and he listens to our podcast regularly. Wow, thanks for listening. He sent us a question, and he asked, why do people, especially Christians, continually choose to preach fear rather than hope? Why you got to ask this, Wendell? (laughs) (laughs) it's so complicated for us I love you big bear can you uh, put the question into a statement (laughs) people choose to preach fear rather than why fear why fear why fear in the first place? So I Why think, not? I think what he means is the continual preaching of the end is near or you better repent or you're going to go to hell and all that terrible stuff rather than preaching the hope that we have in Jesus. That there's freedom, that there's, that there's um, hope, there's, um, you know, um, There's a joy. life after this life. Did I grow up here? I'm trying to recall my experience growing up in church. Did I hear a lot of fear? I did. I feel like I did hear a lot of fear growing up. Um, I don't know. Why, or did I? I don't even know. Well, but you know what? from our parents, man. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe from our parents. But you know what? Even if we did hear... Um, the hope and 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 the grace that God has given us, definitely the things that stuck the most have definitely been fear. Um, growing up, at, like growing up in church, uh, I just remember just thinking about like, um, I definitely v- like remember just viewing God as a young kid. I'm just like, all right, I cannot mess up, I cannot sin, or it's a GG for me. I'm going straight to hell. There's no hope for me. That's and that's it. So my faith was strictly fear-based. So like I was really doing everything uh, to ensure that Big Daddy in heaven was happy and that I didn't do anything wrong. And that's what I grew up knowing 
like up until like my late teenage years and that's that was that was my faith and that's what stuck so for so much of my so much of like what i what I remember in life and yeah why i wonder why like why does that why did that have to stick and not how come like uh the hope of jesus how come that didn't stick or that didn't come up as much as i heard growing up and growing up in church yeah because also you're saying before like mostly my you've heard a lot from parents too like oh don't do this don't do that or or else or else or else da 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 fear is a great motivator it yeah. need <laughs> the fear of god to the be fear. yeah i mean there is that... me in place i i didn't i tried my best not to sin like <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, there's that saying right i'll put the fear of god in you right there's there's yeah. a reason oh, why man. you know there's there's there that that's there and you know for certain you know the the you know the the omnipotence of god right um is something to behold definitely there you know the bible tells us you know fear of god is the beginning of wisdom there's there's an aspect of it of of you know a, a, i, I want to say that it boils down to respect when it comes down to fear right you have to respect the power that he wields you know you have to respect that um that he can destroy everything in in a in a moment's notice in the blink of an eye if he wanted to start all over, if he wanted to just say, you know what, none of this is worth it. Let me start over now. Just by saying now, he could just, you know, wipe every, like all the reality. Like he doesn't need the six stones and a snap to like take out everything. He could just do it by the way that he speaks. He doesn't even need to snap. He doesn't need to snap. He can just he can say just now. Think it. Now. Right. Think um, it into existence. Right, and so you know, I'm there. Inevitable. <laughs> he is inevitable, right? <laughs> and he can't. Like I mean, and, and there, there is that's there is that aspect of God that you need to that you need to consider. I mean, one of the most famous sermons in Christian history is uh, the one that's entitled "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God." Right, just the title alone, right, <laughs> imposes fear into one person's heart that is trying to, you know, trying to 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 be a Christian, trying to follow, you know, the right way. And a lot of that is, you know, it's not the benefits, but it's the consequences, right? Mm. And like I said, fear is a great motivator. Fear, you get results. Right, you can see it palpable on people's Literally. faces if you get it right. Because I, I know that I, I actually know one or two um, preachers that are that that have that. Like it's, I, I don't want to say fear mongering, but it's fear mongering, right? <laughs> Call it for what it is, man. I, I don't want to say that because, like, you know what? I mean, I, I, I know, I know, for it's many amazing. of them, it's. I know that for many of them, it's 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 you know it's it's born out of a sincere desire to move God's people <laughs> to choose God. <laughs> there's a, I, I want to say there's a sincere desire of those people to move people towards God. Here's the problem with it. Okay, that's not your job. Your job is not to convict people. Your job. <laughs> 
is to present the truth the way that God has given it to you, the way that uh, you can um, you can express it. Just like the Bible writers were inspired, right, by the Holy Spirit and wrote it in the way that they write, so your testimony, your your um, your understanding of the truth, as inspired by the Holy Spirit, the way mm-hmm. that you understand it in the terms that you can understand it, you give that, and then let the Holy Spirit do the convicting, do the the, the searching, and and helping to take that. Um, that person to one one from one point to another, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so, in my point of view, the reason why you know uh, why there's there's fear that gets preached on a regular basis is because, uh, you know, as a human, you want to be effective, right? Uh, and I, see I just some so, results. Yeah, I just so happen to come from a background where. Your denomination, you know, there's some pressure. There, I'm going to be honest. There's some pressure to have results, uh-huh. right? Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with baptisms, right? Mm-hmm. Right. There are some places that require <laughs> that you have a quota of baptisms. Oh my goodness! Right? Mercy. And man. so, one of the best ways to move people is to scare them to death. We've seen this not only on the, on on the uh, on the religious stage, but we see this on the secular stage as well. It is a powerful motivator. It it's is easy so. wow. it's easy to see whether you're effective or not because that's the thing too as well, right? As a preacher, as a public speaker, you can see whether you're getting your message across. Right? On people's faces, but it's so much easier when you're preaching something that'll scare <laughs> scare the snot out of people, right? You'll see it palpable on their faces, and you'll, you know, and I, and like I said, I want to think that a lot of it is born out of place, of a good place to move people towards God. But I think the, also the reality is that some people just want to feel relevant, right? Mm-hmm. That they that they make a difference, that what they're saying is valuable, mm-hmm. and so one of the best ways to do it is to see that reaction in people because people want to be taken seriously. Right. And so, boom, let me hit you with, if you do not, you will burn forever. Ah, I'm convicted already. <laughs> if you do not, forget heaven, forget heaven. For, yeah, that's not even in the question. Just yeah. try to avoid not going to hell. Just, a, yeah, just, just avoid try hellfire. your best to avoid and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think, as you said, they mean well. And they think they're doing God's work by preaching, revel, you know, end times and hell. Yes, that's part of the Bible, and I, I'm never gonna be that guy that says, "Don't preach that," because, you know, even though that's part of the Bible, don't preach that because they're gonna, you're gonna scare people. No, I'm never going to say don't preach Revelation. It has its place. Preach Daniel. It, sure, has, it has its, its place. place. It's in the scriptures for a reason. But um, at the same time, do it in a way that will help people love God for who he is, not for what he can save you from, which is hell or suffering. Um, to love God because he loves you first rather than 
coming to the church, being baptized because you don't want to go to hell. Uh, and yet, you know, I I can't help but think there are some people that can only be moved by such, you know, such messages. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's healthy. <laughs> I just don't think it's good Straight for the relationship. Up, if you're staying in the relationship, uh, I mean, if yeah, we're taking okay. it from the if we're taking it from the relationship stand, you know point of view and i'm sure mark go ahead and finish this you don't uh, want that relationship based on here <laughs> exactly right coming home to your wife you know every every night after work Hi, or your honey. wife coming home you know after work whatever and you're in fear oh honey. god <laughs> i got these flowers for you <laughs> Please don't. Please accept it. Please Should don't I burn it? Should I burn it at the altar? <laughs> no. Going back to what you said about some people need fear or some people need this to start believing in God. Yeah. Okay. I can I can roll with that in terms of mm-hmm. you know Paul did say to the Jews, I became a Jew, or though I'm not. For those who are under the law, I became under the law, even though I'm not myself under the law, so that I can win them for the kingdom of God. Uh, So I can see a scenario where someone preaches the the gloomy and doomy things of Revelation and Daniel to get that person into church. I can see that happening, and I can roll with that just... Uh, with a caveat of that's not the end. Like mm. that you're yeah. going to teach them about the hope that we have in Jesus. That you don't need to fear. Um, this is, you know, the character of God. He does not, you know, although in the Bible it says that he will bring hellfire and you know, the wormwood <laughs> onto, in, onto the <laughs> earth. Fire and brimstone. But what does that exactly mean? It's not that he wants to kill everyone or punish people. Mm-hmm. It's just that he wants to create a new world so that there will be no more suffering. There will be no more sin. And yeah, so just like point them towards hope rather than always once you get them inside the church because of fear that it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to stay there or that you're going to keep teaching them about their fear. Mm-hmm. No, it's just maybe the prophecies that you taught them is just the elementary things that they needed to learn to get them to come to church and to begin to believe in God. But then you start preaching. It doesn't end there. You start giving them the, you know, the things, the beautiful things about God, the freedom that we have in Christ, the, mm-hmm. the abundance of life that Jesus gives us and all the good things that God has in store for us. Um, just not only staying within hellfire brimstone and pandemic <laughs> covid-19 <and> vaccines <laughs> the mark of the beast oh, and gosh. all that no yeah i so i can see i can roll with you know using this but it does but that shouldn't be the center of it all it's still the gospel that wins the hearts of the people yeah it it, it is and i i want to say that 
I think it's a you know if you're a preacher if you're if you're somebody that's trying to get you know people you know into into church for lack of a better way of saying it um it's a gambit right at one point you know if as I said fear is a great motivator um but i would i, I would i would say that um as you said, Mark, if that's the only thing that they hear, if that's the only thing that really sticks, mm-hmm. let me just put it that way. If that's the only thing that sticks with them, I want to say that most the people that leave the church, I, I think a great, pres, you know, a percentage of those people are just because, you know, they're sick of tired and tired of people telling them that, you know, they're going, they're all going to go to hell, right? And you know, it doesn't. There's a there's a cognitive you know, a dissonance. I think that's the term. Like there's, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, be- between a loving God and a God that, you know, will destroy everybody or like keep them in eternal fire, tormented forever. Uh, and so, uh, you know, like I said, it's a gamut. You, you know, you're, you're, you're taking the chance of getting them into church, but what are you doing them? You know, what, what are you doing once you have their attention? Yeah. Yeah. Now, having said that, I mean, for a Western society that has much, right? For people that that live in in, um, I won't say. I mean, I, I, yeah, some of us li- live in luxury, uh, but a lot of us live in in greatness. Like we we have a lot of things, and so why would why do I need a god? when I have everything, quote unquote, everything that I need. And so I can see the appeal of somebody wanting to, okay, let me just jar their reality a bit. Right. Because that might be in many, in, in some cases, the only way to reach somebody. Right. And the story that that comes to mind is when, um, I think when Solomon took over as king, and he was dealing with former sort of enemies. I want, yeah, sure, enemies of his father, King David. You remember the story, right? Uh, particularly one that was like throwing rocks at David. And David said, "Hey, make sure you, you know, Solomon, make sure you take care of him first. And he says to the guy, "Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna destroy you for whatever reason. I think I don't know, um, but he said, you know, stay in Jerusalem." Is it Jerusalem? One of the cities of refuge. And he said, stay there and you'll be safe in there. The moment you cross this portion of the land, mm-hmm. your life will be forfeit. Oh, yeah. Story, right? And the story goes that he stayed there. You know, he, he obeyed for about, I mean, oh, that's, yeah. yeah, it's not like, hey, yeah, stay in here and we'll take care of you. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, I'll consider you my friend if you're, you know, if you just stay in, in, in that city. That's not what he said. He said, if you, if you come out of this, you cross this line, I'm going to kill you. Right? <laughs> and so as the story goes, he's, you know, he it worked for a bit. Two years he was in there, but then his cattle or whatever, his animal runs off. He goes to find it, crosses that path. David, I mean, Solomon hears about it, and then he promptly executes him. Ooh. There is an aspect of God. There is an aspect of this whole thing that we're in on this side of heaven that 
dictates that something has to be done with sin. Something has to be done with Satan. And it's yeah. not pretty. There's an ugly side to this. Uh, one of my professors, you know, it's justice. And my, my one of my professors would always say, you know, justice is the ugly twin sister of grace, right? Of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> ugly twin. That's good. That's good. I like that. Right? They're, the, they're, they're, they're the same. They look the same, but one's just uglier than the other. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true because it there is you know God spends half the Bible more than half sixty six books you know um, showing the side of God which isn't always the most loving kind you know the most loving side but then you know you have to send Jesus because Jesus is you know that side that he wants us to 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 know that there's that side to him right but you know we have to remember that the old testament is filled with a god that you know god's wrath is real it's a thing mm. and so i, I like like mark i do i would never want to say to you know to a preacher you know you can't you can't preach that topic because yeah. there's an element in this reality to ignore that you know, to ignore that side of of the the Christian experience, to ignore that of the human experience, mm. right, is to neglect half of the gospel. Yeah, Be- because you can't. I mean, I, I can't say that you, you you might like the gospel. It might sound nice, but I can tell you that um, the contrast between what the alternative is and what the gospel is, you know, the gospel truth is makes the difference that much more stark mm-hmm. and it should make it that much more beautiful that twin sister that's the beautiful part right? uh-huh. that should be more beautiful because because the, <laughs> the ugly twin is there oh god yeah, so yeah and so yeah you can't really appreciate great gracefully without justice because you don't you you can't appreciate the way that God has saved you if you don't fully know what he's really saving you from. Yeah, that is true. That's why Jacob didn't appreciate Rachel as much before yeah. uh, before having <laughs> <laughs> Leah. <laughs> Leah, uh, Jacob appreciated Rachel so much more after seven years with Leah. So... Mercy, um, man. <laughs> Mercy. Okay. <laughs> I've got two short. I mean, I've got one short story, and can I just uh, tell you a story? Okay, so the one story, and I thought, and I know I've t- told Mark this in one of our, our small groups. There's a there's a movie called The Aviator with Leo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio, right? And he he and he, you know, for one of his things, he's um, he's known for is making these great, you know, um, planes. And he wanted to, you know, um, he wanted to get the marketing out on this plane. So that's why, you know, you should buy this and stuff. It's such a great plane. But when they started filming it, uh, flying in the sky, it was just a plane against, you know, the backdrop of the sky. And he's like, and he was telling the filmmakers, hey, look, they, they, they can't see the greatness of it. They can't see the speed of it, right? Because it's just, it's just a camera following this dot in the sky. And he says to them, look, 
wait for a cloudy day, right? Wait for a cloudy day. So when the clouds come, you can see how fast the you can see how fast the plane is moving past the clouds. There has to be a contrast to whatever mm. that is that you're seeing, and that's the gospel versus you know sin and destruction. Right, the gospel is that much prettier, <laughs> that much greater when you see when you contrast it to what's the alternative. The other story is, so American Idol, um, in one of its seasons, they have like these not blooper reels, but the ones that really didn't make it past. Oh like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh around. my gosh, I yeah, love those. Yeah. <laughs> right, and so there's there's this one guy. I want to say his name was Alexi. Right, he comes in. And, to, and he, he he says his name, and it's a thick Russian accent, right? He's like, my name is Alexi, right? And I'm going to sing for you, right? And he sings, and he opens his mouth, and it's terrible. Like, they, it's so terrible. <laughs> and so he goes off, right? And you know, obviously, he gets shamed by Simon and everybody else, right? <laughs> the next singer comes in, and, and you know, she does well and, and whatever. And she makes it through to the next round. It turns out, <laughs> it turns out that Alexi um, is the boyfriend of the girl that came right oh after him. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Right? Oh my! It's funny god. because he's so. He, this is what he did. So he sings this song. So Alexi sings, um, "I'm Too Sexy," right? Uh, By right to uh, thread. Oh my god! And it's just bomb. That's terrible. It's obviously like it's not. It's not even a good song to sing. And one of the things that they hounded with him, Simon's like, "Let me get this straight. You're a Russian in America, singing. Oh, and he sings it with a French accent. So you're singing a British song with a French accent. Right? Oh gosh! And he's like, and and they they understand that it's it's they understand later that it's because of this girl, so that she could sound that much better to them. And that she would go through. And, no way. Are uh, you serious? Yeah. And what's his name? The black dude. Uh, uh, Jackson. Uh, whatever. He's like, dude, that's love. Love like I've never seen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, but, so but that's... It, dog. <laughs> it's too weird, though. Like, dog, that's love. Love like I've never seen. Right? That's, 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 one, that's the one thing. But I tell you that story is because of the contrast. Of what it is to hear something that's that's terrible and that's scary, <laughs> that just makes you cringe, versus something that is beautiful, right? Wow! And I think it would just you know the consequence of sin is we should never we should never shy away from that, but we should always put it in the backdrop of God's God's magnificent and awesome love. Yeah. Amen. Because here's the thing. If you're only preaching, if you're only fear-mongering, if all you t- uh, teach about is the wrath of God, the fear of God, you're only telling half the story. Mm. It's not amazing facts, man. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's not. <laughs> you're only telling half the story, right? Subpar facts. You, you, you. You're you're missing out. You're missing out on telling people the beauty of the story, mm. right? Yeah. Um, when it's only the just the horror film, the ugly side, 
the ugly twin. You're only seeing the ugly twin and never the beautiful twin. Yeah. And they both go together, but like you can't you can't have one and not the other, you know, to the detriment of the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. why so I guess back to the question, like why do they why do why do they preach you know fear the fear of God? Because it's effective to a large extent. So it seems. <laughs> so it seems, but you're you're on borrowed time. Number wise, numbers wise, it's effective. Yeah. Numbers wise, it's effective. Like, it's like a, it's like a get rich quick scheme, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, you. Oh only, my gosh, yeah. it doesn't go deep. It doesn't go deep at all. It's just like, yeah, your result, though, it's not so great. Yeah, it's always so, if you preach fear, you're gonna produce fearful disciples. Yeah, that produce more fearful disciples yeah and not the not the correct fear of god the the unhealthy Mm. fear of god yeah and then you know in the balance of it of it all um not only do you have fearful disciples but you'll have people that leave the church (laughs) anti-disciples i I don't know what you call them but like you know backsliders of um apostates there you go (laughs) you get apostates that Gosh, now tell uh, that now tell other people, hey, I was in the church, but it's toxic. Mm, it's not worth mm, your time. It's 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 detrimental to your health, to your happiness. You know, yeah. if there's an angry if there's an angry God out there, like the one that I've been taught, I'm just going to live the mm. life that I have as best as I can, and then whatever happens after that happens, because mm-hmm. I lose either way. That's wow. sad. So it's effective, really right? Sad. Particularly in a in a society that that has no need of anything, right? But like I said, you're on <laughs> borrowed time. You're on the clock at that point to try to convince them that it's worth that that the gospel is beautiful, right? And that and that Jesus is the one the the one that you've been searching for that you didn't know that you were searching for. God is beautiful. <laughs> No matter what they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, it's, it's really sad that like people choose to continually focus on <coughs> fear-mongering without giving the backdrop of the gospel and mm. like the beauty of God's love. And it's really, you know, it's that true love Casts out fear. So preach God's love. Preach love for others. And really that's all we can do. And Mm. when we preach God's love, there's a misconception that when people say, just preach preach God's love, um, the misconception that we're not going to preach about sin. No, that's that's not true. Um, When I say preach God's love, preach God's love in its entirety and God's love Mm. includes sadly it includes the presence of sin and sin Mm. is always going to be present in the discussion of God's love sadly because of the reality that we find ourselves in today Mm -hmm. but preach God's love because he loves everyone and you know how that love (laughs) 
affect sin is what we need to be preaching to. It's a good place to lay it down before Later we all rest. lay down to go to sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, well, I guess that's all we have for this week. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed that new segment and dealing with just one question this week. Thank you, folks, for joining us in this episode. We hope that you're blessed with our discussion and have been enlightened regarding this question. Don't be fearful and ask us a question or send us a shout out um, at the prodigals pod on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And if you like what you've been hearing, please like, and subscribe and make sure you leave a review that will go a long way in helping us out. Mm -hmm. That's all we have for you this week. Stay blessed and stay faithful. And we hope that you join us again next week for another episode of The Prodigal.